It is that week. This week took so long to get here. It is that time. And so, because it's that time, it's also time for... Fuck our bombas with the heaven of the way! Some bombas to get to today, but first, we will uh, quickly go through this week's rankings. Quickly. Um, quickly, we shall go through them quickly. So, this was, I think, our biggest week by one game, uh, 20. Yeah. Uh, so I I went an eh, eleven and nine this week, and you went eight and twelve. <laughs> Did USC <laughs> win then? Yeah. Uh, I I had one twenty one points. You had one oh nine. So now that brings our total record. As we both now sit at 92, 97, and 2. <laughs> 92, 97, and 2. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. And then I have 823 total points to your 756. 823 to 756. And what was that again? 42, 40, I'm sorry. 92, 97, and 2. And 2. We are both what you're telling me yep i have finally tied you now it won't last long you're right i was just toying be... around with you i'm just be toying around with you Matt. no it won't happen i'm just toying around <sighs> with you. Uh-huh. um some uh some good games obviously we'll get to the ohio state breakdown and uh of course some of the Looming news for this week, but uh, before we do that, any really surprising games from this week? Any really surprising? Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, when you go eight and twelve, I, I guess <laughs> might be a shock. I think the one big surprise probably Rice uh, beating Marshall. Uh, Rice hadn't played many games, so it was difficult to tell whether or not they were, you know, who they were. Uh, Marshall had played several games. They were undefeated. They were a ranked team. So, I mean, it just it felt obvious. Um, the spread, maybe not. I mean, who knows? Because you don't know anything about Rice. I, I was surprised by that one. Maybe surprised a little bit by Cal, Oregon. Maybe not hugely. I, you know, we've talked about Oregon not being as, as great as they've been purported to be. Um, I was surprised that Miami beat Duke. As bad as they did. Um, let's see. I think otherwise, not hugely surprised. I was not surprised that uh, Baylor uh, was that close to Oklahoma. It, it's what I said um, when we were doing the picks. Uh, I, I took Oklahoma extremely low uh, because you know I looked at Baylor and they, you know, there was not a lot of variation. You know, they didn't um, get blown away. Yes, they had a terrible record, but I wouldn't say that they were hugely competitive in games, but they were never really getting blown out. So it didn't surprise me a lot that uh, Baylor was close there. So yes, even though I went eight and 12, I would hazard to say that some of those were um, not fluky, but they were pretty close. Could have gone either way. Yeah. About right where you are. Uh, so really surprised by that Rice Marshall game. Um, I am 
kind of upset at the very few that we had that uh, slipped away at the last second, like Florida, Tennessee, yeah. Tulsa Navy, uh, even Oklahoma State, TCU. Oklahoma State had that for a while. Um, yep. So a few of them that were right there that you know they just lost. Um, oh well, North Carolina. That's another one. That's what I'm saying. There are a few of them that could have gone either way for me. You know, Texas right, A&M. Right. I had that game forever. Uh, I mean, they, <laughs> they scored true. 17 points in the uh, fourth quarter. North Carolina was was easily uh, uh, close to uh, getting that 50 point spread, and they must have put in the uh, uh, the water boy. Uh, they must have you know called the uh, bench for anybody else that. Yeah, was there for the game and said, hey, why don't you go on in and play? <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, but yeah, some close ones obviously could have done better. Missed some. Some ones like, uh, you know, Oklahoma, uh, definitely Miami. I mean, knew they probably would beat Duke by a lot. They just haven't shown it yet. And they did this week. So, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing major. I think team solidified their cases uh you know in terms of alabama it's going to be alabama florida for the sec title it's going to be clemson notre dame for the acc title uh an interesting development in the pac-12 now that usc and colorado are both undefeated and in the same division and don't play each other because their game got canceled so that'll be a a fun one to watch there Um, yeah Colorado's undefeated, which is, you know, I don't know if it's a huge surprise. I think um, they started out, I don't know if it was last year or the year before. It seems there was a recent year where they started out similarly and then, you know, tanked it. But, you know, positive for them. They don't have a year uh, left to tank it now. So they, they're looking pretty good. Yeah. Uh, other than that, um assuming some decent matchups as well for this upcoming week so if you don't have anything else what uh the main reactions from the ohio state beatdown of sparty the first thing you know they were as we know uh missing coaches missing 23 players and they still uh laid the beat down which was good uh michigan state I think that's a little bit better win than um, you know some of the others uh, on their schedule. Even though Michigan State obviously uh, doesn't have a great record, the wins that they at least have are somewhat impressive. Uh, beating Michigan now, Michigan's not as impressive as it once was because Michigan has fallen uh, further. Uh, but I still think for Michigan State, it's a good win. And of course, beating Northwestern. So going to Michigan State and taking it to them without pretty much your whole offensive line uh, and pretty much uh, depleted on in, in the secondary. I mean, Ronnie Hickman, I'm like, who's this guy? Who's this? Oh, Ronnie Hickman. Who's the, uh, and he actually looked pretty good. Um, it's hard to tell against Michigan state because they were rolling out Rocky Lombardi uh, onto the field. And then of course they had to replace him. Um, so, you know, it's not like, he was going up against uh, Penix, uh, but still didn't look bad. looked looked pretty decent. Um, there were a couple of breakdowns in the secondary, but it's hard to really uh, fault them for that, given that they uh, were missing quite a few people. Yeah. Well, speaking of 
Rocky Lombardi. I don't know. After watching that, their backup running around, I don't know why he's not starting. Yeah, Peyton Thorne. I mean, <laughs> uh, he, he looked pretty good. I don't know why they weren't starting him. I mean, <laughs> what do you have to lose? But yeah. it's, Mich- it's Michigan State, so. Uh, well, and it's weird, too, how much of that was Peyton Thorne or Ohio State, you know, Rocky Lombardi's outlets. Yeah, maybe shut it down a little bit. I, I don't know. But, yeah, Thorne uh, looked pretty good for a while. Uh, I think he was 11 uh, for 11 at one point. Um, had some good uh, good plays there. And, and yeah, every everything that he did to me looked better than Rocky Lombardi. So I, I, I don't know. I can't speak to that one. Yeah, either way, uh, this was you know the time he wanted Ohio State to finally come out and you know, see a more complete game. And uh, it wasn't a full complete game, but that was their best game for sure. Uh, they came yeah. out and they played extremely well for all four quarters, uh, which is what we wanted to see. And we knew that if they came out and played that way, they should easily cover the spread. And of course they did winning by 40 points. So, um, you know, Justin Fields uh, looked a lot better today. Um, you know, of course he didn't, he didn't take the, you know, he didn't uh, push his luck, you know, like he did against Indiana. Uh, some great running, especially by Trey Sermon. Uh, obviously, we've been down on him all year, but, you know, props to him. He did run really well, had a couple great runs, uh, and, he, and he looked physical uh, doing it. So, yeah. good for good for him. Um, props to the offensive line, uh, especially Miller, who, you know, had to fill in at center. It's, you know, he had the he had the he struggled those first two drives, yeah, but he definitely he got, struggled. He got it together, and uh, they played really well, especially without a majority of their starting offensive line. So, uh, I think they did a good job. Uh, I think, in general, the the defense, especially the linebacker core without Borland, uh, they did a pretty good job. Uh, still, a lot of. Uh, Missed coverage over the middle, which yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a big problem, anyways, and you know we'll get to that. But uh, overall, a uh, much better game, and you know hopefully some good signs heading into the game versus Meat Chicken. Yeah, and, and just to you know close that one off, I, I think yeah Miller have to give him you know credit for stepping in and, and giving it his best. Uh, but he was, I thought he was brought in originally to be a center which means he probably has had the reps. So I, I don't know why it took him that long to, to really get it down, but uh, yeah, I can't complain too much. I mean, he, the center has to not only, um, you know, snap that ball, but he, he's basically in charge of, you know, uh, pointing, pointing things out for the rest of the offense. He's got a lot of roles uh, to play on that. So, so pretty good. I mean, who, who am I to really judge that? Right. Because, um, you know, I, I really don't have a clue what all it takes to, to be a center. I would say hats off really to Fields because yeah. you know, while it was taking time for, for Miller to come around, uh, Fields was doing a great job uh, not only fielding that ball, but quickly turning it around and getting the play going and getting it in motion. And that's, that's not an easy thing either. Right. Oh, yeah. And Dush. Uh, Shout out to uh, you know CJ Stroud got his first touchdown, a rushing touchdown, yeah. looked really good. Um, yeah. How about 
And how about that running back too, Mayan Williams? Uh, yeah, we mentioned it. Like, wow, I haven't seen a, a cut like that in a while. Uh, yeah, he, he ran really good. Yeah, and I think that particular play, I think it only went for maybe five, six yards. It wasn't a huge play, but there was so much wrapped up in it. Yeah, because just the the way he made the cut, the way he you know sought out the 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 right hole to get to in the first place, and then you know to make that cut and make somebody miss. That's really what we're missing with both uh, Sermon and uh, Teague. I think both are, are decent running backs. I think Teague's better than Sermon. Sermon did have a great game, so so hats off to him. Um, but, I mean, there were still a couple plays where his first <laughs> instinct was just to go right up the uh, offensive lineman's rear end. Uh, and Teague, and I pointed out during the game, is, you know, look, there's the hole. <laughs> so you have to tell him where the hole is, uh, because if, if you don't really point it out, he seems to not have that instinct to get to the hole. And so that's why I, I was impressed with the uh, the limited carries that Mayan Williams had. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so overall, a uh, great game. couple things, obviously, you know, that secondary, you know, wasn't really going to get tested by Michigan State. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, not a lot there. Like we said, I think there's it was mostly over the middle. I mean, you know, that was a problem in deep in the secondary. And then those those intermediate routes over the middle. I mean, there's just nobody there in coverage. So I don't know. That's mainly on the, the corners or the linebackers uh, there. Probably more of the linebackers. But either way. Uh, they're going to have to get some of that fixed. Um, well, and I think to that point, what I wonder is, you know, is it the player personnel or is it the adjustments? I, you know, first and foremost, I, I think the, the 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 secondary, the whole defense looked a lot better than it has. Now, yes, you're, you're right. Uh, Michigan State was not going to threaten that secondary, but until you get in the game and see it, you know, all the other teams had at some point, even Nebraska was, was doing that same play when they had the opportunity. I think the problem with Nebraska is uh, I don't think their quarterback play was as good, even as Peyton Thorne, which was kind of funny. It happens a couple of times and okay. Yeah, that's, that's what they do. They game plan. They find, try to find plays that work. They've seen your film. They say, okay, that play is going to work a couple of times. But when you go through a whole quarter and they keep hitting it, keep hitting it, keep hitting it, uh, you know, I just I wonder how much of that is the player is the, is it the coach just being obstinate? And, and I don't know. I really I really don't. Um, but I also think at this point for this particular game it's nitpicking uh, because they gave they only gave up uh, twelve points. Two of those uh, were because of a you know a botch snap, right? Uh, so uh, you know, it's hard to to really complain when, when right. defensively they, they played their best game. Yeah. I mean, they still had what five turnovers and uh, you know, one of those uh, beautiful deflection yeah. touchdown from Haskell Garrett, which was awesome. Yes, so that was awesome. Um, so, you know, a lot of, a lot of good stuff uh, t- to see and uh, yeah, definitely hope it carries over uh, getting into what is finally the game week. Um, yeah. Some a very some, surreal game week. <laughs> right. Well, some some at least right now, good news is that you know the team up north was ha- able to have 
or they're starting to have you know limited workouts and they're, they're at least starting to practice towards the game the only bad news is is that you know it seems like they're going to try their best but you know you still don't know if they're actually going to play or not at this point in time so like yeah it's the only you know iffy thing but you know at least they're they're trying to get to working to play the game so I guess yeah we'll i mean no yeah, until such time as they say no it's not going to happen then we at least have hope that it is uh and you're right they uh they were at practice today whatever that means um i i saw online somebody said well they're just practicing in helmets today and of course somebody replied very quickly that must be cold um <laughs> i think the point is, is they don't know what they're really doing uh, in their limited practice uh, but we do know that last week it was kind of similar with Ohio State you know, leading up to Michigan State. You know, we were all excited when they had their practicing groups. I think they're limited practicing groups. So, yeah, if it follows that that trend, then hey, good to go. But I don't know, little <laughs> a little nervous that it's not going to happen. A lot nervous to be honest that it's not going to happen. Yeah, I am too, and I'm just hope that if like if they know for sure that they're not going to be able to, that they would just call it off within the, within the next two days so that way Ohio State can get another team scheduled. Well, obviously, I don't know. I don't know yet if there has been another Big Ten, Big Ten game canceled yet, but... I don't think there has yet. I, I haven't heard one yet uh, as the time we got on to this. I hadn't heard of any okay. yet, um, which is key, uh, but, but it does bring me to, and I said it, when we saw it on TV, I'm going to bombast about that one. Uh, and it was the pregame. They are interviewing Barry Alvarez and they're leading him, you know, and they're saying basically, hey, you know, there's talk of, you know, possibly figuring out a way to get Ohio State into that uh, Big Ten championship game if they don't have enough wins. And they asked him basically, how are those discussions going? And of course, the quick response was, oh, we haven't had those discussions yet. I'm like, oh my God, there it is. I mean, there it is. It, 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 it's basically been 2020 for the Big Ten in a nutshell. Barry Alvarez saying, we haven't had those conversations yet. I'm like, are you, and I don't want to have to click the explicit button when I go post this. So I'm going to take a deep breath because I really want to throw out some F-bombs right here because that is pathetic. That is so ridiculous. You idiots haven't even discussed it. What do you need? Do you need some gold leaf embroidered invitation from somebody to pull you into a room and say, hey, at least discuss it? What does it take to discuss it? You get a couple people on the phone and you talk about it. You don't need some big to-do. You don't have to get everybody into a big room. You have a quick Zoom call. You basically do what we just did right now. You text me, hey, I'm ready to go. I text you back, hey, how about 30 minutes? Oh, okay. 30 minutes later, hey, I'm ready to go. Oh, okay, let me get on. Boom, we're on. We start the show. It's that simple, Barry Alvarez, Big Ten. Talk about it for the love of God. Why are you, what are you waiting for? I don't understand this at all, but it is a, a microcosm of the idiocy that they have shown the whole flipping time. They are no leadership, no decision-making whatsoever. It, it is amazing to me. When I heard that, you, you uh, I don't know. <laughs> that was amazing to me. 
Yeah, it was. And, you know, to expand upon that, what we talked about earlier and what we're saying through, uh, you know, message boards all over the, the country is basically, well, oh, I can't believe, you know, the Big Ten's going to change the rules just to allow Ohio State in. Oh, oh hogwash. It, are, are, they, are they talking about the ACC at, at all? You right. know, the ACC, which basically, you know, fa- showing favoritism toward two teams to get them into their uh, their championship game. There, there's no favoritism here in getting Ohio State into the championship. At the end of the day, there's nobody in competition with Ohio State. The only team that could possibly go in front of them is Indiana, and they beat them. Ohio State is sitting at undefeated. And I know this is in this world we live in, this insane, surreal world we live in nowadays where we're more happy with uh, good losses. I know it's hard to figure out out there. Ohio State's undefeated. Indiana's not. And guess who gave them the loss? Ohio State. So why is it foreign to you guys that Ohio State should play for their division in the conference championship game? Oh, well, they, they're 7-1 and one and Ohio State's only 5-0. and up, So, well, uh, uh, you know, if Ohio State were to play as many games, they, they might lose. Well, no crap, but guess what? They might win. You know, if, if you're going to project out the negative of it, oh, they, they could lose, therefore Indiana should go? No. Why don't you just kind of flip the switch a little bit and say, oh, well, Ohio State probably would win those games. Therefore, they'd be even much better than Indiana since they beat them. I, I just, I, I'm flabbergasted that people would get so up in arms about that and not talk at all about the obvious thing that the ACC has done. Right. Well, not only that, you know, at the beginning, it's not like this was a, a preset number by the Big Ten in other seasons. I mean, in other seasons, this was for this year. You know, and why, why couldn't they go back and change it for this year uh, when it's just for this year only? I mean, <laughs> They should be able to do that. Uh, exactly. It was basically an arbitrary rule that when it was put in had really didn't have much foundation or merit anyway. I mean, why? Why did you even bother putting that in? <laughs> you know, what was so magical about six games? You gave everybody an eight game schedule. And the reason I'm saying this is because by the time the Big Ten got to scheduling, they had already seen games getting canceled from other conferences. They already, they already had enough data from enough conferences playing football to see on average how people are going to, how, how many conference games are going to fall through. So they knew already that the likelihood of that average falling below six, because that's the key piece here. Uh, they have to have six games uh, 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 unless uh, 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 now, stay with me here. Uh, unless the average of everybody falls below six, how about how about that? Why? Where did that come from? I mean, that is so arbitrary because you, you Big Ten, clearly did not go look, and you had this luxury because you were not leaders; you were followers. You waited until uh, basically mid October to to figure this out, and. That means you had a month and a half of data and you had several conferences with several games canceled. You could have very easily averaged out those numbers, projected that then to your eight game schedule. Where in God's green earth did you even come up with this arbitrary rule? So the point is it's arbitrary. It's an arbitrary rule that they've already changed a few rules anyway. 
why wouldn't you change that one? Why was it even in there in the first place? And why, even if you accept that rule, does it make sense to any of you people that an undefeated team shouldn't represent their division over a team that they beat? I mean, it's all silly to me. Yeah, absolutely. And Ohio State shouldn't suffer for the stupidity of the Big Ten in general. I right. mean, look, we would be making the same argument for any other team and any other conference given the same rules. Let's say Alabama was five was five and zero right now. You know, they played one more game and they were undefeated and they beat the majority of their division. They go five and zero. They should be able to play for that. Uh, division champ, the the SEC championship because they most likely are the best team. You want the best team in their uh, playing yeah. for your conference championship. So it doesn't matter which team it is. It doesn't matter that it's Ohio State right now. You want your best team playing, so make it happen. I mean, it's not that hard. Yeah, and the thing is, is obviously I've gone completely bombastic on this, and I know I said in in the last episode when I was ripping on the ACC that I said you know I hadn't had time to stand you know step back and and look at the circumstance here. You know, is this for the Big Ten if they change the rules, get Ohio State in their conference championship? Is it the same as what the ACC is doing? And no, I have had time to look at it, and, and no, it's not. It's really changing a stupid arbitrary rule that shouldn't have been there in the first place. And I think you you made the point nicely at the beginning, right? This is not a rule of your conference that you're basically changing. You are taking an arbitrary rule that you put in, especially for this year in the schedule that you have that didn't make sense in the first place, and you're changing it. And those are different things. And Ohio State has earned, at this point, the right to represent their division because they're undefeated and they beat the only team there, there's nobody else competing. I mean, if they were, if right. Indiana hadn't played Ohio state, right. If it were Indiana and Ohio state coming up this week and they weren't able to play because one to the other had COVID and they end up having to cancel that game. They were therefore both undefeated. That's a completely different story because at that point, let's just, you know, take the numbers as we have them now. That would mean maybe Indiana seven and zero and Ohio state's five and zero. Indiana should be in it. I mean, that's clear. That's obvious. But but that it's not the case. And there's nobody else but Indiana that has a shot at right. winning the division. So it's just obvious. And that's what blows my mind is that I, people are getting so up in the arms about it uh, and not seemingly getting up in arms about the ACC. Yep. It's just a little bit silly. It is quite silly. So I, either way, let's just hope that whether it is the team out north or it's a different team, Ohio State will play this weekend and that they'll be 6-0 and and ready to go for the Big Ten Championship and crush Northwestern. <laughs> and they should, too. Uh, I. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I did take away from that game one of the things we, we, we've we've been saying is it's been a second half phenomena. We even said it at halftime of this game. Ohio State was at what was it, thirty five nothing, twenty eight nothing? Yeah. Uh they were up thirty five nothing in the third, yeah. Yeah. And so okay, well, now like, all right, that's when we kinda sat back and waited a bit nervously 
because that's when it usually the the uh, wheels would fall off in the second half. It's like they were done, happy. They were packing it all in, and then the other team would, you know, play loosey goosey for a while. Well, that didn't happen this week, and I think what we speculated, but we just haven't had the uh, the comfort or the confidence to say yet, is that that team that Ohio State's more like is the first half team, and, and I. I they still have problems. I've said it before. I, I do think that the problems they have on defense are not going to go away. I, I think even if I project Ohio State does play Michigan and beats them, goes and crushes Northwestern, makes the playoffs, I would still be highly nervous about some of their defensive, defensive deficiencies. That being said, they would still be more deserving to me than anybody else um, in college football at that point. Yep. Agreed, and I just hope they they can get there as they rightfully should. But right now, who knows? At this point, probably uh, at this point, I don't even know when we would know for sure. Probably not till you know Friday night. I would think if Michigan still is gonna you know act like they're gonna play, I'm assuming it's probably gonna be to the last second. To that point, I, I don't think we'll really know until the day of the game. I, and that's important because this, I don't think, and I could be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong because I don't want to see this happen, but I don't know necessarily. Uh, I'm not going to go so far as to say Michigan is going to wave, is going to wave the white flag due to COVID. Um, I think that if they do ultimately, quote unquote, wave the white flag, it's because they really, truly felt it was necessary to do so that, Hey, we shouldn't play this game. I'm going to give them that benefit of the doubt, but I will not give them the benefit of the doubt to say that I can see them absolutely waiting to the last minute to do it because that's what would really screw Ohio state uh, because, and I'm making up the team just for the sake of this illustration, but let's say it's Minnesota that, um, you know, doesn't have a game to play because their team backed out or, or somebody like that. Right. Yeah, you need right. to know that even though uh, Coastal and BYU showed you could do it on a whim, you can't do it the day of the game, certainly. You can't do it really, I don't think, the day before. I don't believe so. That would be really interesting if they could pull that off. Uh, but I don't think that you're going to call Minnesota up on Friday and and they're going to that quickly mobilize, get on a plane, come out to Columbus or vice versa, right? Um so, yes, I don't think, to use Herbie's words, that Michigan will wave the white flag and use COVID as an excuse if they call off the games because they legitimately uh, had that need. But I also would not put it past them uh, to wait until the very last minute and thereby <laughs> uh, screw Ohio State. Right. Well... Of course, but yeah, we want to see the game played in the traditional rivalry, and I do hope so because at this point, Ohio State's a 29-point favorite, and I'm all here for it because I think they should cover that spread. Well, and that's the other thing. Every year we come to the Michigan week in the normal, uh, you know, normal year, and you know me, uh, I'm still, I still have uh, shelf shock from the Cooper years. And so I still approach the day of the game very nervous, you know, until 
you know, they start pulling away or whatever. I'm still extremely nervous about the prospects of the game. I think in the recent few years, uh, in the lead up to the game, I've been a lot less nervous. You know, it used to be basically halfway through the year. <laughs> you know, if it looked like Ohio State was going to have a decent year, I was thinking more about you know five or six games to come when they have to play Michigan. Are they going to show up? Um, that began to subside in the past few years. It really wasn't until the game week uh, that I would start to get nervous, or at least a few weeks before. I have been the complete opposite uh, in that. I'm just expecting it, which is weird. Uh, I am really just expecting, yeah, I was just going to walk all over them. Uh, it is the first time ever in my life <laughs> that I've gone into a Michigan week thinking it's a no-brainer. It's going to walk right over them. Uh, to the point where today I was, I was coming up with conspiracy theories in my head. <laughs> because this can't possibly be the case. Is this my life? My life for, you know, 50-odd years has been being nervous about the Michigan game every week. And I'm not nervous. So I started getting nervous. I'm like, wow, <laughs> I'm nervous that I'm not nervous. What's going on here? They must be up to something. I bet you what they're doing is they are really, truly, they, I bet you they're not that bad. I bet you they're not as bad as they look. I bet you they're doing this on purpose. It's a COVID year. They probably thought, you know what? Nobody's going to expect much out of us this year. It's a COVID year. Everything's topsy-turvy. Topsy-turvy. Everything, what's up is down, and what's down is up. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to make it look like we're a laughing stock. We're going to make it look like we're the worst Michigan team since Rich Rodriguez's worst year. And, and, and what we're going to do is we're going to lull Ohio State into an amazing false sense of security. And then we're going to go that whole week. And we're going to, are they going to play? Are they not going to play? Are they going to play? No, and we're going to have them right where we want them. And we're going to go in there and, and, and then we're going to spring it on them. They won't know what hit them. I'm looking for conspiracy theories because oh I, I just, uh, you know, Ohio State should uh, roll uh, on Michigan like they've never rolled before. And then they've rolled pretty hard the past couple of years. Yes, they have. Obviously, we'll get to uh, get to that later on in the week for our analysis. But uh, mm-hmm. for, for now, enjoy your conspiracy theories. Yeah, <laughs> fun. It's got to make the game exciting. Otherwise, this game shouldn't be terribly exciting. Except for us and, and the fact that we should be, you know, running up Heisman numbers. Ryan Wilson should be in there in the second quarter because we we, we were already up by 50. <laughs> that would be awesome. That is something I do want to see more of. Uh, we talked about it in these other games where they just, they have the receivers, they just don't throw the ball down the field. Like, they rarely do it anymore. You know, they're great at those intermediate routes, and they'll play that, you know, dink and dunk ball, but they won't throw the ball down the field. <laughs> and so... Yeah, Hopefully that was odd this past corners. game. They had very few, they had very few deep balls this past game, which was was kind of strange. Um, I, I think that'll be different against Michigan. I do think they will. You'll, you'll see a lot of deep balls on Michigan. I hope so, because Rocky Lombardi can uh, go for 
however many hundreds of yards and however many touchdowns. So can we? Well, in what that reminds me of is I, you know, been going out to the Michigan forums. I always go out the week of the Michigan game, um, just to kind of see what everybody's saying and whatnot. But this year, I've actually been out there several times more because I've been just trying to, you know, see what the the general tenor is with respect to uh, Harbaugh. And so I've been out there quite a bit. Uh, I went out there uh, today and I saw something. I'm like, there it is. <laughs> Somebody said there was a thread about uh, about the spread being 30 points. And, you know, a lot of these folks were replying saying, oh, is that all? You know, that, or, is that just like the first quarter spread? And, you know, <laughs> because they really feel it's going to happen too. And then this one person did it. They posted, they said, well, if Kate McNamara were in there, I, w- I would take that bet any day. And I'm like, there it is. There it is. That's what they love <laughs> to do, you know? Um, it didn't come in the form of a September Heisman this year. But yeah, Cade McNamara led them back over the mighty Rutgers. Now all of a sudden, you know, he's the man to lead them against Ohio State. And I just think you guys are so ridiculous. <laughs> oh, at least it gives us good laughing material. They do. They do. They're quite, they're quite, uh, they're just quite a trifle. Those silly Michiganders. Yeah, I guess next. What? I was just gonna say, I don't, I don't think we we can really go an episode without praising the wonderful Sean Declares. The Sean Declares did indeed bring in those silly Mormons. Those Mormons came in to play the mullets, the privileged roosters, and the privileged roosters did reign. They were, it was like free-range chickens all over the field, all over those those modern cougars. It uh, was a good game to watch. Congratulations to the Chanticleers. I was I was t- a little surprised. I, I you know I, I, I was I was yeah. I, I know that we um, we both kind of said uh, we obviously both went with the Chanticleers. Uh and, and my reasoning for it I thought was pretty sad. I mean I I really did think that they had played tougher competition um and it was at home and so i i felt that at the very least that was compelling enough to make the pick for the chanticleers but the truth was is i was especially when those teams walked out there on the field I'm like oh my god byu they just look like men among boys out there they really did and they were talking about um the offensive line for the chanticleers calling them the mighty mice or something like, well, that explains it because they were, because I was asking like, is that a, is that like a, an optical illusion just, you know, with the uniforms or the way they're lined up or is BYU that much bigger than this team? Uh, turned out it was accurate. They were <laughs> much bigger. Um, and so they just looked and looks can be deceiving, but they just look bigger, more athletic. Like, wow, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> Maybe the Chanticleers are in for one here, but man, they uh, they they kept at it the whole game. Uh, they were never not in it, and then at the end, they just took it. Yeah, they they ran the ball right through them, and you know, it's just, I mean that's what they did. They sustained those long drives, and BYU couldn't stop it. So yeah, good for uh, good for them. What they need to do is uh, you know play play Cincinnati in like a de facto you know. 
group of five championship to see who gets the you know power five bid in the New Year Six Bowl, but that probably won't happen. Well, I do think you know again. I, well, actually, I was about to say something, and then something came to mind. I was reading on CBS Sports Line, and I don't know who it was. I didn't even read the article. I read the headline, and I knew where they were going. They were talking about um, scheduling. And, and I think they were going down the direction of where you and I went a couple of months ago. Hey, you know what? We should take the opportunity from this to figure out how to schedule better. And I think even Mike Tarika said it on the Notre Dame broadcast uh, or, or one of those broadcasts. He, he even said, it was like, you know, well, I don't think we have to really wait 17 years to schedule a game. And I'm like, hey, boom, that's what you and I were talking about two months ago, right? Is that the opportunity here is, is to really rethink the way you schedule games. If you can pull off BYU in, in, in Coastal Carolina, can pull off a game in two days, then we shouldn't have to be beholden to these schedules that are way out in the future. We should be able to schedule games more quickly um, within a given year and really spice up how we're playing these games and, and some of the competition. You know, you should be able to come into a given year and not have to have a, because the complaint always is, well, I don't know that uh, Washington was going to be terrible 12 years ago when I scheduled them. Well, yeah, you're right. You didn't. So how about doing it the year of? You know, why don't we come into a year and say, you know what? Bama is really good this year. Ohio State, let's schedule you two at the beginning. Let's see. Well, let's see what it looks like. You know, we, we should be able to do uh, more things like that. And, and what brought that to mind is I was going to say, I still think there's an opportunity here. You know, again, the Shanta clears and BYU, they schedule that game in two days. You guys can still change your playoffs. You could have a 16 playoff to where the Shanta clears just knocked. They just eliminated BYU. Next step, go play UC and have them run a little gauntlet and give them that six seed. Right, give, give that fifth seed to you know somebody like an A and M, uh, didn't win their conference, all these other factors, right? And they get in, and then put those two teams up against each other, right? Or something to that degree to where you know you can get a couple of those teams in, still, uh, to use the words of the ACC, maintain the integrity of the playoffs by getting your uh, your other key teams in. I, I think there's still time to do something like that. Yeah, I I agree. Um, And I think, you know, especially during the season, I mean, teams could at least leave like one open slot, you know, in in, like week three or four or whatever, you know, where their last conference game or uh, last non-conference game could be. And they could just leave it open and they could schedule practically anybody. I mean, if, if all the teams did that, they pretty much could all just say, hey, you know, how about you? You wanna you wanna play here? Let's make it happen. I mean, they could easily do that, but I I doubt we'll see that. Well, in in no longer would you have. I remember back in O two, you know, Ohio State. Nobody liked the whole year the way Ohio State won games. Nobody ever wanted to do their homework going into that national championship game. Uh, because if they would have, they would have looked back on the year and saw 
all these really good teams that Ohio State beat. They beat a really good Penn State team, a really good Washington State team, a really good Texas Tech team, a really good Michigan team. They were a lot of really good, solid teams they played. Oh, but it looked ugly. You know, and they didn't they didn't want to accept the fact that Ohio State was a really good team by virtue of the fact that they beat they went undefeated against a lot of good teams. And so they would make crap up every week. Well, they haven't done this or they haven't done that. And by the time they gotten through, had won all those games, then beaten Michigan and were named to the BCS. Oh well, yeah, they didn't play Iowa this year. Uh Iowa's gonna be in the uh Orange Bowl or whatever it was against uh USC, big deal. What what is it next? Okay, so they play Iowa next week. They beat them. What are you going to say next? Um, but you, you wouldn't have that anymore. Right, just like you can't have a tie game anymore. Okay, well, you didn't like that we didn't play Iowa this year. Okay, well, go beat them too. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a little different because that's like a conference game and. I, it I is, but I, I think the point I'm really the making there is that the you know you have the ability to. Um, to make those decisions a little bit more fluidly. Yeah, they should give themselves that, but they probably won't. So. Well, they won't. They won't. Especially the Big Ten. Right. They're too dumb. <laughs> we haven't had that discussion yet. Oh, really? Well, you know, everybody else has been talking about it for like three weeks now. When are you guys planning <laughs> on having the discussion? Right. Probably still never. No. They're not yeah. going to have that discussion. They won't have the discussion until after this weekend. So we're like, oh, crap. <laughs> Here we are. Right. Oh, I guess we should have done this. Yeah, no dip. No dip is right. Now, in their defense, I mean, it has to be a conference game. I think we would all agree with that. You can't just go out and pick any old team because that that has nothing to do with your conference, right? We're talking about right. playing in your conference championship. And so there is the rub there. It's not like it's not like um they can just pull magic out of a hat. Um so I get that, right? You can't, you can't really sit back and say, well, if there's not a team to play uh and they can't play the Michigan game, what do you want us to do about it? So I get that. Peace. But to just sit there and say you haven't had the conversation yet because that's the risk. Right, you know everybody knows that's the risk. So how are you going to mitigate it? You know, it doesn't. It shouldn't take some, you know, project manager from the corporate world who's buried under middle management to tell leaders, your your actual leadership, how to do a simple risk plan. Here's the risk. Have the discussion. How do you mitigate the risk? They haven't even had the discussion, and that's the issue. Yep. Nothing more to add there. Hopefully they get their heads out of their butts here. Well, and I think that's why this bombast is probably heavier and thicker than those in weeks prior, because they haven't got their heads out of their asses. I mean, they really haven't. You know, the bombast was less thick at the beginning because we were happy to have a season, but we were still bombasting about it. We said, listen, these goobs did not give themselves any room for error. This is going to bite them in the butt. And that's another thing, too. Two schleps, you know, two goobers who, if it weren't for modern technology, probably have no business being on the airwaves. <laughs> you know, if we could figure it out that from day one, when you guys put this schedule together, how could you not have figured this out? 
You know, that's another thing about it too. And this is why I kind of go out to all these idiots out there that are think that Big Ten would be favoring Ohio State. No, I mean, this is obvious stuff. You got your undefeated division champion. But the point is, it's a silly, arbitrary rule that we knew at the very beginning, and we were screaming about it. Mic drop. Yeah. And okay. we will continue to do so. But we shall continue to bring forth the waves of modern mast. You'll never surrender. Okay, so I, I guess what you're saying is this moment of bombast is fleeting and we shall see no more because this so ends this bombastic episode. A Buckeye bombast with Bell Haven on the boy. Brought to you.